What's going on, y'all? Welcome back for another episode of Trending Thoughts. I'm your host, Tori Smith. I appreciate y'all's support as always. Thanks for the like, the subscriptions, all the feedback from draft day. Brought back a lot of memories. And I'm definitely thankful for it. And I'm enjoying the draft picks from this year. And I'm looking forward to talking about them a little more at a later date. But this week, you know, it was definitely a serious topic for me. And a topic that's been on my heart heavy because it hit my family and it's the real world right now. And I had a special guest to come on here to share and talk about this together. Hall of Fame player, defensive player of the year back in 04, nine-time Pro Bowler, six-time All-Pro, and the best safety that's ever played this game, Ed Reed. Y'all know him as all of that. They know you as all of that. (laughs) But, you know, I know you as just, uh, just a humble man, a great father, a man of the people, and a strong man of faith. And during this uh, quarantine, you've been a comedian, a DJ, <laughs> hey, <man. laughs> and a cigar connoisseur, man. What's going on with you? Jukebox. Been a jukebox. What's up, bro? Cooling, man. I'm just cooling, man. Sitting at the house at home where we should be. You know, everybody staying at home. You know, I think, I really think people should really take heed to, to what's going on. Take what the government's saying with a grain of salt, but stay home. Yeah, I'm chilling, bro. What's going on with you, man? Not much, man. I want to learn a little more about this cigar game because every time I see you, you have a cigar. You have your cigar outfits. You got your hat cocked. You have the best of the best, man. You've been exploring this for a while, for years now. And a lot of people may not understand just from your Instagram, just checking out pictures, thinking, man, he just loves cigars. But this is a real passion of yours. Yeah, I mean, you know, when we was in Baltimore, bro, I was smoking cigars well before then back in college but when we was in baltimore and Webb Webb can attest to it and a few other guys when we used to go to root chris downtown at power plant in baltimore they had havana club at the top where we could smoke cigars shoot pool steve Shotty used to come up there i used to have my foundation events up there and everything we used to smoke after the games man i don't know if you remember this man we should be waiting for the bus you know, me, DT guys out there smoking cigars, waiting for the bus after games and stuff, stuff like that. You know, it was more of a like just that downtime to, to escape everything that, you you know, you were going through or, or went through. Should I say all that trauma of football that we were going through? You know, plus it's a conversational piece. So it allow us to talk about good and bad things that was happening in the game. And that's cigars in general. You know, what I love about cigars is that cigars connect and and bring people together. We use the cigar, you know, as you mentioned, I'm playing music. You know, you say DJ and people say DJ and I say jukebox. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? You know, I got DJ name, but, you know, I say jukebox because I just play all type of music, bro. I can go from the 70s and some Sly and Earth, Wind and Fire to some Osleys and OJs to some Heavy D and KRS-One to Bounce Music in New Orleans to some Frank Sinatra back to Jazz and John Coltrane, you know, Miles Davis and, you know, some Stain and, and, and country music, you know. So, you know, I just like playing good music. So, but that's what Cigars did. We, me and Reggie, just create a, you know, a cigar lounge type effect because that's what we'll be doing anyway. You know, if I'm not home, I'm probably at a cigar lounge in Georgia, you know, where I live at. Probably at Havana Cigars or 
you know, passing by Cam Spot or at um, Monticello's or Smoke Room. There's just so many lounges around here. And that's what I do, bro. Like, I, you know, it's it's a, it's a definitely a, a mature thing, a grown man thing, a grown person thing, you know, grown woman thing, you know. But like I said, a mature thing when you understand cigars, especially from the things I've come through and been around, you know, cigars cigars are something that's natural and that's been around for hundreds of years you know cigars tobacco was used as medicine hundreds of years ago and, and everything has there's a lot of things that have negative effects and i'm not saying there's not negative effects from it you know that you probably can go through depending on your intake and all that stuff but that's what anything bro that's what you put into your body that's what we're dealing with now, and I don't mean to be long-winded, but that's what we're dealing with now with immune system and this coronavirus. You know what I'm saying? Is that people are eating so bad, you know, right before this coronavirus, we had a craze, craze-ass America over a chicken sandwich that had a whole <laughs> bunch of hormones in it. And now that's part of the reason why you see so many people dying because they ate five, six chicken sandwiches and their immune system is bad and all that shit. <laughs> You know, and it's just so much stuff that, that, that plays a part, you know, into how your day comes, you know what I'm saying? Because we all have that day, man. You know, it's not up to us. We're renting this property that, you know, we're renting this place that, that our spirit dwells in, you know what I'm saying? So For sure, man. And, I, and, you know, I know after the games, that's for sure. That's it. You said the right thing when you said mature and grown folk. With the, when it comes to cigars, because y'all be doing that after the games. I'm over there trying to figure out what's going on, which direction to go in. <laughs> and y'all over yeah, there just man. chilling, just relaxing and vibing. And I love that that's right. something that you can go to to relax and, and hang and support others too, because Cam's Lounge is crazy. So I know it just creates a culture there of a lot of strong-minded, like-minded business leaders as well. So it's pretty cool to, to watch y'all interact. And kind of to piggy tell off what you were saying and really why I thought you'd be the perfect person on this show is to talk about what's trending. Now, you talked about the virus. You talked about the the death, the health. Um, we actually lost someone in my family two weeks ago in a car accident, my cousin Jerry. And it's crazy. Yeah, sorry to hear that, bro. Yeah, we get caught up so much in what's going on in the moment. It's like the coronavirus is a big deal, but there's so many other things that are going on and we're still losing people in so many different ways. And it's just yeah. like, man, it, it brought back some, some raw feelings for me, you know, just going back and thinking about the concept of death. Like, man, like we lose great men and women each and every day. And it's yeah, one, of them, it's one of them things when you talk about staying at home, it just reminds me of like, man, like someone's not going to stay at home and they're going to get someone else sick. And there's going to be someone that is loved by someone that's going to be gone. And you literally hear today, gone tomorrow. And mm -hmm. I know talking with you, I speak on it all the time. You know, you're someone that helped me through the grieving process when I lost my brother back in 2012. And for those of you who don't know, you know, I lost my brother in a car accident, a uh, motorcycle accident, excuse me, the, the night before a game in season. Mm -hmm. And, no. you know, I knew you had been through the same situation mm -hmm. before I made it to Baltimore. And I know I can literally remember every single moment. 
um, every question. I remember who was there. I remember the phone call. Shoot, I remember the daggone smell of the hallways, man. It's really kind of a traumatic experience that we all experience in one way, shape, or another at some point in our lives. If you have people around you that you care about and you love, like it's going to happen. Like you said, we're all renting this body here on Earth, so it's going to happen to us one day as well. Leaning on you so much, I want to know, you know, what was going through your mind when you received that phone call, you know, about your own brother Brian passing? I, I wasn't all the way sure, you know, that morning his um his girl, my sister, as I call her, because she got my brother's son, um, called me and um, I was at the facility about to get in the ice tub and all that. And uh, she was like, you better call your brother. You know, I remember her saying, you better call your brother. You know, he was just here knocking on my door and stuff and all this, you know, and I'm asking her, like, what's wrong? And she really don't know. And I'm like, I don't get it. <laughs> you know, I don't get it. So I'm trying to call his phone. I'm calling the house and nobody really don't know where he at. You know what I'm saying? Then I get a phone call back, you know, saying that he passed. So now I'm just like, what? You know, and it's my mom because she's crying. And, and, you know, once mom is crying, like, you know, it's real. Just that pain I felt from my mother, man. That's a pain like I didn't want her to experience. That right there just really crushed me. I didn't know what happened. I just know my, my young one of my youngest brothers had passed. And, you know, and, and then you start to think about the last conversations and things that you experience with him um i knew my my brother and i you know were close you know so really close but you know we had our in and outs because he was battling some mental things you know what i'm saying but it wasn't that that bad that that it was something that you know i'm like all messed up about like i knew i knew at the end of the day it's my brother and we were good you know what I'm saying? And I just know, I just know he, you know, was was in the street a little bit more than I was because I was gone, man. Like, you know, I missed a lot of time. That's what I thought about because of football and, and, and um, being away in college. You know, I missed it. We missed a lot of time from our family, bro. You know, and not being there. You know, those were the things I thought about, like, shit, I was in college, shit, I was in the pros. I should have had him up here by me. And, you know, because I used to bring my brother up. Man, I just got pictures of my brother in Baltimore. You know what I'm saying? I used to bring him up there and let him stay with me. You know what I'm saying? Just to get him away from all the bull, you know, that he was around. You know, even with his even with his women problems, you know, his woman problems. I used to just try to get him away from that. You know, but I missed so much time with him. So those are the things that really I thought about, bro. And I was in the ice tub by this time and I'm crushed. You know, I'm in the I'm in the ice tub and cats, y'all see me over there. You know, guys see me, teammates see me and they're just coming over there like, what's up, bro? You good? Because they see me. And I told them what happened and they circled through the building really fast because by this time it hit the news. And because um, it happened with the police. It was it was something that happened with the police. Police stopped him or something. Evidently, he ran, you know, and that's how he got to to over the levee and the river and all that stuff. And you know, for me, it really wasn't making sense. Like I really wanted to investigate everything because of how he told the story. And then I'm looking at my brother running and all this stuff on the camera on the car, 
but there's no body cam and all this stuff. So, you know, but it's neither here nor there. Ain't nothing we could have did anyway. And I was all right. And my, everybody was all right. Maybe we talked about it. Like, you, you know, you had to be all right with this. You know, that God was in control. You know what I'm saying? That that there was no foul play or anything like that. And everything was cool. You know, an autopsy ad came back that there was nothing foul or anything like that, too. So, you know. But I was in the ice tub, man. And all my, everybody coming up to me, man. And, you know, Dude. making sure I'm good. You know, I'm just in the ice tub. I'm like, bro, I'm good. You know, crying, but I'm good. You know what I'm saying? I deal with it once I leave here. And um, by this time, you know, I'm in my head like, man, shit. You know, we had a game tomorrow, you know, and Steve called me by this time. And like, you know, you do what you want to do. Whatever you got to do, I totally understand. And um, my dad. I talked to my dad about it, you know, and he was the one that, that really, you know, put it in perspective for me. Because <laughs> my dad, you know, he he's spiritual and he's real, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And he was like, yeah, so what you going to do when you get here? <laughs> you know, he was like, so what you going to do when you get here? You know, go ahead and play your game. Mm. You know what I'm saying? So... And he was like, we'll, we'll handle everything here. And when you finish, just come on home, you know? So that helped me to come at peace with playing, you know what I'm saying? And which I was a lot like my dad because I was like, you know, if I'm going to play, I'm going to play anyway, you know what sure. I'm saying? And 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 I'm a, I, and I ain't nothing I really, and, and in perspective, I knew because I think like my dad, like, ain't. I can't, I can't get, cause I get those phone calls a lot, bro. I get those, those late night phone calls or early morning phone calls a lot with certain situations and shit. And, and I'm like, mama, what can I do? Like this one time, right? I, my, my mama called me probably like around this time of the day, bro. My mama called me yelling, Hey, 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 a dog, a dog. Check mama. I'm in Georgia. You in Louisiana. <laughs> Why are you calling me and not the police? <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying but but that's just how family is like that's how tight I am with my mom and my dad bro like I talk to my mom almost every day man you know for a long time you know to let her know that I'm alright for one cause she concerned and that's just how my mom is like she's, you know like we her babies bro you know so that 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 that's what really hurt me like my parents had to experience that losing a kid bro like that's something a parent didn't have to go through, but that was something. That's a that's one of the first things you learn because I, our Lord, our Almighty, the Almighty God, you understand, sacrificed His Son for us. Mm. You know, and there's nothing under the sun that hasn't been done, bro. So we, we, as Martin Lawrence said, we are not immune to the trials and tribulations of life. And I believe I told you that when you lost your brother, bro, For you know, sure, to, man. to help you. And, and we don't know what we're going to go through. You know what I'm saying? Like that, me going through that and then having to see you go through that, bro, that pain, like, bro, I was like, man, let me talk to my brother. Like, like, bro, for real, I'm here for you because I had my brother's death for me. Like, I had teammates' death for me. Like, bro, 
you have a brother in me too. And we were brothers before that, but you really are like my little bro. You know what I'm saying? Like when that happened, man, I was like, man, nah, man, you know, we in this together, bro. And they in a much better place than us. They ain't dealing with the coronavirus. <laughs> it's crazy. Because I, I remember it again, man, like it was yesterday. And, you know, a lot of people talk about brotherhood and, and family. And to most folks, it's business. But, like, right. it was real. You know, the love and support I received from my teammates. And, you know, even the organization, man, I was, you know, we were staying in the hotel. We were in the Hyatt. And similar to your phone call, you know, my brother, Troy, calls me. He's like, hey, you know, little Chris was just in a car accident. Tevin is real name. We call him little Chris was just in a car accident. I mean, a motorcycle accident. I'm like, all right. Like, he all right? He's like, I don't know. I'm going to find out. I'm going to call you back. So, you know, I'm getting up and tanning dogs in my roommate. I'm just kind of chilling. I'm like, man, he's, my little brother's, you know, said my brother's in a motorcycle accident. I'm trying to figure it out, wait for his call. He calls me back 10 minutes later. And he's like, man, he gone. And I was hurt, bro. Like, I'm I'm not really an emotional guy, mm-hmm. you know, but I was hurt, man. It crushed me, man. And, you know, I'm crying, you know, tanning. You know, it's right there trying to figure out what's going on. And I remember being out in the hallway and seeing Craig come on out there, Darren, Mr. Bashadi, um, Coach Harbaugh. I mean, mm-hmm. you got to think, this This is about probably close to this 11, 12 at night, whatever it was. I was already asleep. We had already did bed check. You know, right. so I'm in the bed, chilling, sleep. And to get that call and to wake up and to kind of have that support and sit there and wait. And, you know, I'm from Virginia, so that we were home. And right. sim- similar to you, you know, my first thought was, man, let me get home. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know what I could change or what I could really do, right? Like your pop mm-hmm. said, like, what are you gonna do coming here, right? Like, mm-hmm. but I was just like, man, like I had to get home. I was close enough, so I went, and I had that process. The same thing. And I talked to Harbs. Um, he was like, hey, you know, don't worry about the game. You know, it's on you. You know, if you want to play or not. And I was just like, man, I, I can't, I can't hurt anyone. You know, I don't want to hurt the team if I'm gonna go out there and play. And I just remember being home and Craig, you know, his nephew took me all the way back home to Virginia and we get back and wake up in the morning. You know, I'm dead tired. And just like you, man, you watching the news and it's all on the news that my brother's passed away in a motorcycle accident. Right. Mm-hmm. So on ESPN, you know, we're trying yeah, to watch. All our stuff yeah, public. you know, all you're trying to watch public. things. If, to kind of get if it's somebody, if it's somebody else, you know, brother that, you know, we never hear about it, bro. And that's sad, man, that people, Try to make news out of our lives, man. Oh man, and, and that was tough. And it was, you know, like you just watch just a normal thing just to get away from, and you see it coming across, and you know it hurt. My mom was just like, "Well, what are you gonna do? You know, we want you to go play." And at this point, I'm only running off a couple of hours of sleep. You know, you come back, and you know, you talk about the distance going back a step. You know, I literally could have made it back home in time to see my brother in the street, and. That was something, and my mom was like, "Are you gonna go down?" I'm like, "No, like I have, I had no desire to see my brother in any condition." Then the big cheesy, goofy smile that I remembered, and you know, we left it at that. And sad opportunity to go play, you know, it was a big decision. And I know you had been through the same thing, and now knowing the background of your father helping you to make that decision, 
you know, really for me, it was my mom and my family's comfort and, you know, wanting me to go out there and play and, and get their mind on something else, look forward to something else. And right. I remember walking into that stadium, man, and, bro, I getting out that car, you know everyone knows the deal. I mean, I'm coming up, we're listening to the radio. It's all. It was a weird feeling, you know. I'm not a big-time guy like that to have, like, regular everyday news. Like, they aren't talking about sports. They're talking about my brother. So I hear his name every time, and it was weird, man. And, right. you know, you're driving in, get out, park at the stadium. I get out, I walk, and the fans are going crazy. You know, and I just started crying, bro, walking into the stadium, trying to hold it together. And, you know, because that love and support from the fans was was real. And mm-hmm. I walk in the locker room. I still remember you coming up to me, you know, Big Ray, just everybody, man, Joe, Ray, everyone, man. It was – I felt real love and support. And it was at that moment that I knew I made the right decision to leave, to play, and to be around y'all. Because sometimes it's like you don't know what – who needs to be in your life or the timing of it at that moment, it was very clear that I needed y'all, you know, to have that support, to mm-hmm. have that motherhood. And, you know, as, mm-hmm. as, as time went on and, you know, we played the game, we both played games, you know, mm-hmm. uh, after losing our brother, man, it, it was a, a big deal. And to go and play and win and, and have your brotherhood around, you realize your family is, uh, it's right there with you in that locker room. So I, I tell you all the time, thank you. I appreciate it. And I love you to death for that, man. And mm, I'm thankful. I love you too, bro. For sure, man. But I know I had the opportunity to lean on you. Who did you lean on the most through that process? Man, it was just really everybody. You know, it was, it was, we were so much of a tight knit team. You know, me and Ray were close at the time, but it was really, a lot of the team, bros, it was it was just so much of a team. You know, D Mace was there. You know what I'm saying? Like it was guys, but um Reggie Wayne, um, my bro from college, um, from Louisiana, you know, he had lost his brother too, bro. Um, years back, well before my bro bro had passed, you know, and I remember him going through that, man. So you know, he called me immediately too on that Saturday, that Saturday evening, and I talked talked about it. He he really got me through that man because I knew I knew he was there for I knew my bro was there for me no matter what, and and he always, you know, as he still do, put that big brother on me even though I'm older. You know, to let me know everything's smooth and we we doing the right things and we're in the right place and you know what I'm saying just just the, the conversations that we would have about life, man. You and I would have, you know, me and Reg talk about those same things, bro, to make sure we're being um, productive and helping people and 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 keeping the right mindset. Do the things that you know your bro would want you to do. We're not the ones to set the date on when when it's our time, Mm -hmm. you know, all we have is that dash, you know what I'm saying? And that's what we focus on, man, is what you're doing with that dash. That's the conversations that I have with Reggie, you know, that, that, that got me through that, you know, cause I remember when he lost his bro, bro, and me had me being there for him through that process, but not really hadn't lost the brother Mm -hmm. as so much. Like I lost teammates that were like brothers. That I treated like brothers. You know, I lost teammates, bro, in high school, 
to in a car accident and it's been 25 years to be exact because i got the text yesterday something man you talking about this right now uh rest in peace D'Amico wilson lost him in high school number 21 db and then in college lost teammates in a car accident rest in peace chris campbell you know, and then the pros, our Blaze had passed away. You know what I'm saying? So I had people close to me like brothers, bro, you know, that passed, but never, you know, to, to really be there for Reds and like, bro, he's going to be. I was there for him, but not like he was there for me because he experienced it. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? You know, so having been through all that and it helped. It helped guide and help other people, man, get through tough situations. Like, like you remember when Michael Orr got to Baltimore and the movie Blindside was coming out, Mike wouldn't be feeling it. I don't know if you remember. So you aging me, know man. That. Michael, Michael, huh? couple, Michael, couple years older than me, man. So you got to enlighten me to that feeling. Yeah, Mike didn't. Mike didn't really. He wasn't feeling that movie. Mm-hmm blindside because of how they was depicting him this is his life story to some degree mm-hmm. and i'm like mike you never know who you're talking to i said and man mike close man mike been close like you and i since then he was like bro i i, I said you never know who you're talking to right and what they've been through he's like what you saying i said bro i used to live with a caucasian white family you know i used to live with a white family my my secretary in my high school like a mom to me miss hall I said, bro, I've been through the same thing almost what you've been through. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all right, bro. I said, I wouldn't be here without it. And quite frankly, you wouldn't be here. And damn sure wouldn't have a movie. I said, you got a movie? (laughs) 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 You got a movie, bro? I'm proud of you, for one, because that needs to be out there, bro. Your story needs to be told, bro. And thank God you're the one able to tell it. Mm. You know what I'm saying? To some degree. You know, he was like, man, I didn't know that about you. I said, yeah, you never know. You know, so you never know until you start talking to somebody or you feel in a certain way. You just be connected. When you're connected to them people, you have those conversations, bro. That's just what it is, man. And that's just what this is about right now. Like just in life, I wouldn't have all this information that I that we have about coronavirus with just watching the news. Because they, they tell you what they want to tell you. I follow cats who are saying positive things. People who are about people, man. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That's what it's about, staying connected. And that's what that's what all this is about. That's why we that's why we got the little cigar lounge and I play the music on IG because that's what it's about. You know what I'm saying? It's about staying connected, being connected. And we're connected as people. Like, we need to understand we're connected as people. You know, mm. and, and and that's what the coronavirus is, right? It, it could go from person to person without even knowing, right? Mm-hmm. That's letting us know we have a connection. And it could be a bad one. It is a bad one out there, and we need to get rid of that. So stay your ass home. <laughs> <laughs> Straight up, man. And I, I know I believe in the power of togetherness, and you talked about connecting and, and being more intentional about relationships, that's probably one of the biggest things I learned from uh, losing sports. my brother in sports, yeah, family. All too, it is is right? family, think culture, team, all of that, man. How did Bro, how did think lo- about it. how did losing your brother though really like change your outlook on life, if at all? 
man, it just made me think more like I need to be around my family more, bro. You know, and it's still hard because I'm in Baltimore. And they have, it's my job. And they have responsibilities. You see what I'm saying? Like, and they got their kids in school, so I can't just be, you see what I'm saying? Like, it was still rough. You know what I'm saying? Like, you still got to deal with that. Now, we lost. <laughs> Y'all lost that Y'all lost that game and knocked out the playoffs. <laughs> we beat KC. We beat KC. <laughs> We beat KC, man, and then we took that L to New England. You know? <laughs> hey, that's the business, man. You win some, you lose some. <laughs> yeah, you win some, you lose some, but you live to fight another day. Yes, sir. You know, and I was, yeah, man, just, just really being connected, bro, and um, wanted to be closer to my family. That's what really happened. You know, like I didn't want to miss anything. It's just the truth of the matter because we're away from our family. Yeah, man. You know? Straight up. They're gone for a while. Like being away from your family. Being away is tough. No matter what your job is, man, it's hard. You miss so much, bro. Mm -hmm. Crazy. I just know now, especially being retired, you know, when I come home now, everyone seems like they're a foot taller. They're accomplishing big things. And, you know, I, I think about, you know, two of my younger cousins, like, man, I went. I came into the league. I look at a picture of them from my last game in in College Park, Lil Elijah, and now he's about to go to college. Like, right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, it's crazy. Right. You know, it's from elementary school to now, it's just unbelievable, man. But I mean, I think that's huge, man, to talk about just the importance of family, man. And I, for sure, that was huge with me. You know, making sure my family knew that I loved them. Being vocal about that, which was something that I, I didn't really do as much before. But I was for sure thankful because during that time, I definitely let my brother know, you know, that I loved him, which, you know, gave me a lot of peace. Um, but sure. What kind of advice would you give to someone, you know, who's listening to this, like us, like anyone? Because we're all going to lose someone at some point. What type of advice would you give them in terms of how to handle the grieving process? Man, you gotta you gotta know that they're in a better place first and foremost, and that we all have an expiration date here. That's that's where you gotta hold strong at, knowing that you are renting this place. You know what I'm saying? Like this is they they home, mm. they they home. You 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 renting still. You know what I'm saying? And and they would want you to keep going. They you gotta live like they here. You got to live like they pushing you to be better. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I felt like my brother wanted me to play in that game. Like, he and, – and that's what I knew, you know, really in my heart of heart. Like, he would want to be watching this game. Like, he would want to be watching me ball out on this Sunday. God darn it, I showed up there. Yes, sir. You know? That's crazy, man. And, and I for sure felt the same way. You know, a lot of people don't know on my end that – you know, my brother passed away on that Saturday night. But that Thursday after we played the Patriots, we were going to have a Thursday night game against the Browns. Mm-hmm. So he was going to turn 21, or had just turned 21. So I was going to take him out that weekend because we had the whole weekend off. And so for me, man, it just kept hitting and hitting. Like, dang, we had plans for you to be here and – you know, life is short, and, you know, I know for my advice, man, just cherish the day, cherish people now, cherish the memories, because it's so easy to think about the things that you don't have or the things that aren't going to happen. Just like, man, just 
cherish the memories as you get through it because it's a lot of good memories that you can remember and things that you'll laugh about forever. You know, yeah, all for the people that you love, man. Real stuff. You have to, man. And remember those good times. Yes, sir. So that's all we get. Mm-hmm. We ain't taking nothing with us, man, but those memories. Straight up. And I know, you know, being a jukebox read, playing on uh, <laughs> playing on Instagram Live daily during this quarantine, I know you believe in the power of music and just the peace that it brings. And I remember, oh, man. I remember Frankie like Beverly. yesterday. Frankie <laughs> Beverly right now. <laughs> I just remember like yesterday, man, you coming by saying, hey, listen to this song. You know, it's called I Get Myself Away by William Get McDowell. Get Myself Away. Yes, yeah, sir. man. And I still play it to this day. And it's crazy that, you know, you gave me that song to listen to. And I remember walking into my brother's funeral and that was one of the songs that my mom had picked to be playing. And to me, it was just added like more peace. Like, dang, you know, this song, like the meaning behind it um, and understand it's helping you kind of to get through. You know, I believe in the power of music. Music has something that can fill your soul with love, hate, (laughs) whatever you want, man. It literally has it, you know, and I know for sure that song, you know, I think about my brother passing, it hits and reminds me of kind of what's important, you know, when it comes to living this this life that we had the opportunity to live. Yeah, I love that song, man. It always brings me back. I can remember hearing that song and thank you every time I think it, every time I hear that song, I think about my brother, no matter where I'm at, you know, and I can remember looking up and watching the plane go by, like, man, my brother be on that plane right now, you know, traveling the world somewhere, you know, just, just always in a positive mindset about him. You know what I'm saying? Knowing it, like knowing that's the way to be, like knowing that I will see him again and that I'm talking to him, you know, that he's looking down and proud of his brother for not stopping, for keep going. Time didn't stop when my grandmother's passed and and I could feel her presence like keep going. Like I can remember her teachings, you know what I'm saying? The things that she was doing for me you know, and, and the protection she was giving me, the care she was giving me to be, and, and the things that helped me to, to be the person that I am today. You know what I'm saying? Like, those things, those are the things you hold on to, bro. If your foundation is set right, you know what I'm saying? If your foundation ain't set right, you gotta build, you gotta make sure you build it. Because you're gonna go through some hard times. We're gonna go through harder times, bro. We ain't never seen a pandemic like this. You know what I'm saying? So grandma's teaching, grandpa's teaching, great grandma, all of them. All those teachings, bro, paved the way for where we at right now. So, man, and I I've, I think there's so many different things, so many lessons, man, and it all comes back to cherishing the day. You know, appreciate Sade. Yeah. Sade. For sure. Mm-hmm. Cherishing yeah, the day. See, that's, that's the DJ, man. That's the jukebox. <laughs> right Cherishing the this, people, man. <laughs> Seriously, like it's it's one of those things. Like it takes for you to get hit in the face before you remember the good times, or to even tell someone that you love them. Like, why do we have to wait for it to be too late? I think about Kobe Bryant in his passing. Like, how many people had the opportunity to tell him, like, man, like I appreciate you. You meant a lot to me. 
You know, it's like sometimes we wait for it to be too, like we wait till it's too late and we don't have tomorrow. Tomorrow isn't promised, At, man. As we say, give us those flowers now. For sure, man. And I So was, I got to give you your flowers right now, bro. You know what I'm saying? And most of the time when people give flowers to people, they don't put them in a trash can. But in this case. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Got to leave it to Comedian Reed, man. I'm going to have to go ahead. I'm going to go ahead and just tell him that story right now. I'm going to get it out the way before we get up out of here, man. It's our, bro, it's our thing. I'm going to have to tell him, man. Too. So I don't, I don't know what happened, but Reed one day decided we were in the locker room. And I got to follow that up with another story because Reed would always be, and I think it says a lot about he, your humbleness and your humility. Just dudes will leave their towels around, doing whatever, leave trash around. And Reed would be one of the last people leaving every day, taking care of his body. And I kind of followed his lead, you know, in a lot of ways. And he would pick up after other grown men. And he didn't just pick up after him because he's a, a germaphobe or anything. He cleaned up after him because there's firemen that work for the Baltimore Ravens that are going to come in behind him and they clean brought, up. They volunteered for the Baltimore Ravens. Absolutely. You know, they volunteered. They get their time. They're some of the best men and friends that we both have to this day. No doubt. And, you know, they go out there. They're working their tails off for of us, and people are being disrespectful by simply not putting their stuff in there. And, I, and to me, that always stands out because it wasn't like it was a one-time thing. This was right. – this was all the time until you. It had, was a buildup for right, sure. Until right. you had your legendary speech. Come on, man. Right. We got to do right. the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, yeah man. Legendary, man. Yeah, but, we won the Super Bowl. Yeah, man. But all of that mattered though. That all boiled down to just the little things and everything that you do matter, man. And I for sure remember that forever. And you writing Real stuff, bro. my number on a trash can and just started calling me trash man ever since then. <laughs> so this guy took the time out of his day to take athletic tape and take my number oh. on a trash can. And they continue going, but <laughs> bro, we had so many jokes though. Bro. All these jokes, we man. Some characters. It's man. crazy. Hey, you remember the speech? I don't want to keep. I don't keep us too long. You remember the speech I gave about when we go to New Orleans in the food? <laughs> <laughs> when I was like, man, don't be eating all. Don't that be food, eating all man. the food, man. Be careful, man. Like after dog, I'm gonna get y'all some food. And remember, I got the crawfish and all that yeah, shit? Yeah, man. Hey, you and Jacoby, <laughs> man, y'all fed us good down there, man. Oh, man, we had to make sure, bro. You know, bro, that was the best time, bro. The best that place at the best, best place at the Super Bowl, too, ever. man. Oh, bro, the best time, bro. Yeah, if man. I could do anything over again in life, I would take that week. <laughs> it was this special, man, for all of us, and... Again, for me and my family, that was the year I lost my brother. So to celebrate in New Orleans, man, with my family, yeah. with your family, with our family, our Baltimore family, um, that helped us both yeah. through so much, man. It was special, man. I appreciate you coming on here and talking about, you know, your loss, man. which is our Anytime, loss bro. as family, man, and trying to give people hope and, and guidance. So like you gave me. So I appreciate that, man. And. We got to have you on again one time to tell some of those football, those football stories, man. Yeah, we got to go back and talk about some Super Bowl stuff. <laughs> <laughs> All right, bro. I appreciate no you, man. Keep, keep it up on Instagram. Hey, no doubt, bro. No <laughs> doubt, bro. Love to the family, bro. Y'all be safe. And everybody else, stay home. Stay home, man. Now it's time for Tori's Take, the part of the show where I give you my unfiltered opinion 
and what's going on and trending in my world. Man, I want to say thank you to every for coming on here. Um, this Tory's take for sure is going to be a lot more personal. I feel like everyone is, but, you know, we're talking about death and mourning. It's a little bit different. And, you know, Reed, you know, I continue to say it and I'll always say it. You know, he meant a lot to me during that time and helped me get through the grieving process. And I appreciate him calling in from the boondocks with that terrible service out there in Georgia. But it took a lot of time. And he spent, he poured his heart out, you know, talking about something that is not easy to talk about, something that we we constantly bottle up and keep to ourselves, which is death. And one thing I learned about it, you know, I get DMs and messages all the time from people who remember um, when my brother passed or because they're, they've recently lost a loved one or they have lost a loved one. And it kind of brings them back to that moment. And for me, the one thing that, you know, I always say, especially now, it's just to let people know that you love them because that's something that I didn't always do. And regardless of the time period or whatever, my actions more so showed that I loved you versus me actually saying it. But I had recently started saying that. I don't know why my therapist, Chanel, probably had got to me a little bit about it, but I recently started telling, you know, my brothers that, you know, I loved them. I never really said that before. And my brother passed. And like I said, I had a, a lot of peace when it comes to that. So I was at peace. I was able to handle his death. Obviously, you know, I cried. I shed tears like a lot of people would in that situation. But one thing that, you know, I'll always remember during that time period is that there is no right way to mourn. What worked for me, what worked for me may not work for you. And for me, I was a person that, you know, I try to kind of stick to myself. I was thankful that I had Reed, you know, and obviously my family and friends to try to help me with it. But it's not something that I like to constantly talk about. But I realized when I talked about it with people who have been through it, you know, it was very relatable to me. It was easy. It was comforting. Like, you know, you're not alone. Like, you're not the first person that's lost a brother. You're not the first person that's lost their mother, their aunt, their cousin, whoever may be that's important to you. And I remember even in my family, like, we struggled because everyone felt like we needed to mourn the same way. Like, the way I mourned is completely different than probably the way all of my siblings mourned and obviously my mother losing a child. So the peace that I had in terms of moving forward and understanding that life is going to go on and it's more so about how you live and what kind of memories you create, that was my mindset going forward. And I just tried to focus on that because I couldn't control him passing. I couldn't control any of those things. And honestly, he's not coming back. So for me, I was focused on I me. Mean, I need to live right so that hopefully we can all see each other one day. And that's where my mind and my actions just shifted to immediately. And when you're dealing with death, like we all deal with it differently. You know, I felt like my family was looking at me like, man, he's all right with this. You know, after the funeral, his life continued to go on. But the reality of it is, like, they weren't wrong in the way they dealt with it either. You know, me and my e lack of emotions that time I feel like sometimes I probably was thinking and it was a little bit too hard on them like man y'all had to just let it go 
Like, life is going on. He's not coming back. That's just the reality of it. I'm like a guy who I feel like I like to deal with stuff as is. Like, you you know, you have a problem. You deal with it straight on. You don't sugarcoat it. You just move on. That's the way I process it. But that doesn't make me right in my thinking. And that's one thing that I've learned about it. In the same way I move about it, that doesn't make, you know, me wrong because I go about it that way. And that understanding and growing at that point was huge for my family and myself. So I would make sure in this story's sake, it's mostly like making sure you understand that there's no right or wrong way to grieve. You know, what works for you, again, may not work for the next person. And make sure you're more understanding of that than anything. Because the concept of death, as I said before, is crazy to me. You're literally here today and gone tomorrow. So as I move forward in my life, I try to focus on today and creating memories and trying to live, you know, the right way and in and, and hopes that I end up in heaven one day. But the reality of it is everyone may not respond the same way initially. So it's important to be there for each other, to encourage each other. And make sure that, again, as Reed said, we stay connected. Because at the end of the day, we're all we have to get through any situation. Lean on the people that are around you. You know, when you lose someone, it's not the, the opportunity or the time to be isolated. You need to be connected. You need each other. Because at the end of the day, we're all we got. We're all we need. Catch y'all next week.